You're listening to Like Like a Real Real Boss Podcast, where we go beyond the title and unravel the complexities of being a boss. If you're a head honcho, top dog, or queen bee, this is for you. Get insight from experienced leaders and passionate workers. This is your wake-up call. Ready and bossified. Now, your host and the real-life boss, Tiana Sanchez. Welcome and thank you for joining another episode of Like a Real Boss. This is Tiana Sanchez, your host, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, we want to provide you insight and information to help inspire and encourage you to be a better boss. We started this podcast in hopes of helping new, seasoned, and even individuals that are not yet in a leadership position to be better leaders. So we invite passionate leaders and experienced workers to come on the show and share their insights. So this is a place where you get tips, tricks, trends, tools, where we talk about this stuff so you can be a better boss. Just checking in to make sure you can find us easily. Not sure how you're listening to us, but we are on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud, more importantly, iTunes, of course, and some of the other shows. When you do visit us, be sure to leave us a note, drop us a line, leave a comment, let us know what you'd like, what you don't like, what resonated with you about the show, because we certainly want to make sure to bring you some more relevant and dynamic information. So again, I always share a little bit of my journey when I started at 17 years old as a very young, inexperienced manager for a gourmet fast food restaurant way back when. And fortunately for me, I had some great mentors and coaches in my life that helped to propel me forward in my career. And here we are today, many, many years later, I'm able to host this show. I work with a lot of organizations, leaders across the United States to help their managers, again, thrive, not just survive, but thrive. And that's what we're about. So today I'm privileged to introduce a wonderful lady that I had the opportunity to meet. And I'm going to share a little bit about her and then we're going to get started into our topic. She is really the person, if you want to talk about courage, she is the courage expert. I want to introduce Sandra Walston. She's an international speaker and author. She's a corporate trainer and behavioral coach. And her experience allows her to focus on different things, the tricks and the traps of human condition, recognizing and interpreting what she calls courage behaviors and courageous leadership styles. And we're actually going to talk about courageous leadership today. She's been featured on a number of different circuits all over the country, has worked with some profound organizations, some of which you are very well aware of, IBM, for example. But I really want to take this opportunity to have her introduce to us this topic of courageous leadership. She's also what I call a multifaceted woman. She's written a few books, a best-selling book, and I love the title of her third book called Face It, 12 Courageous actions that bring success at work and beyond. So I want to welcome Sandra Walston to the show. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Tiana. I have been so excited about getting to be with you and your energy and your website and all the lives that you have touched over those 17 years. It's just awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, we had an opportunity to chat a little bit before, and I just have to say, I just love your energy, your presence, (laughs) so optimistic, is so positive. And, you know, with the platform that you speak about, Sandra, Encourage, you know, again, in our day and time today, this certainly is a topic that I think people are hungry for, that they want to know about. And I really want, I want to dive in because we have 30 minutes and I want you to pour into our audience as much as possible. So, When we talk about this topic, courage and courageous leadership, 
Why do you think this topic is so important in today's climate? And why are you, Sandra, the best person to talk about it? Well, first of all, I have over 22 years of original research on uh, originally awakening women to the benefits of feminine courage and then a continuation of non-gender courageous leadership. So, as you mentioned, three books, hundreds of articles, and, and I just love the research because it reveals to me why people are missing the boat on why courage is so important. And I'll just defer a little bit to Aristotle, and he sort of said something like, courage is the first of the virtues making all the other virtues possible. Well, when I ask audiences from 20 people up to 800 people or 1,200 people, you know, something like, well, were you raised with being taught any virtues kind of? You know, like, well, yeah, of course, you know, they all say, Tiana, the same thing. Isn't this amazing? And when you mentioned about me uh, studying the human condition, they all say the same thing. What? What two virtues? They all say honesty and they all say integrity. And then that's it. Dead air. They can't come up with anything else. And then somebody might raise their hand and say, um, learning, um, you know, practicing the golden rule. That's a value. Always doing what's right. Well, that's kind of integrity or what. So it's almost like this big word, you know, just cannot be used. So courage is so important because I would hope your listeners will just take one thing away, and that's the invitation to the original definition of the word courage that I'm talking about, that my research validates and that it's medieval old French courage meaning heart and spirit. How do I walk my journey on my yellow brick road and stay in my true self, in my heart and spirit? You know, and just to add into one of the reasons that we've lost courage is that our culture tends to confuse it with fear. In other words, I can't have courage unless like teeth are chattering and my knees are knocking, or they confuse it with bravery, which is physical courage and valor. So I'm talking about, and we can get into that, coming from your heart and spirit. Yes. And that's something, I think the definition that you gave, again, it does help to bring a little bit of clarity. Because I'll be honest, I use the word, I probably would have said honesty and integrity um, <laughs> as well. I don't know that courage would have been at the forefront, but it's certainly, you know, again, I think we liken the words courage and, and bravery. And I know when we talked initially, you had made that distinction, again, using bravery as more as that physical part of it and it really never even never even thought of a, a difference. So when we talk about let's let's transition. We look at now that we have an understanding of the heart and spirit of courage, and we want to bring it into the workplace. We want to bring it into a leadership role. Is it defined the same way? How do we tie in that heart and spirit in leadership? So courageous leadership. Yes, and I want to tag one thing on. I loved your honesty of saying that you would probably have said the same thing, integrity and honesty. The dead silence after that is nobody can come up with any other virtues even. For example, compassion, tolerance, kindness, love. So courage is way, way, way off and usually associated, like you said, with physical courage or being foolhardy. And that's not what I'm talking about. But how does it look, courageous leadership, look in the workplace today? Well, confronting an uncomfortable truth or an issue, most of us prefer just to turn a blind eye, just to go into denial. So I have the phrase, denial is saying no to courage. Another issue is that we tend to see a red flag in the workplace, and once again, or in our personal life, and once again, we'll wait for two red flags. 
three red flags, four red flags, and on, as compared to being in what I call courage consciousness to say, whoa, you know, we've got some data here, or whoa, my intuition is telling me, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at this first red flag and being able to expose that and confront that truth or that issue. Um, Why don't don't people confront? Why do you think it's so uncomfortable for people or why do we tend to stay in that denial phase? Why is it so uncomfortable for us to confront the truth? (laughs) Well, I could be fired. Um, but, (laughs) But I'll tell you one of the things that's the bottom line over all of these over 22 years that I found is most of us, and I don't care what your IQ is, how many credentials you have, what your title is, okay, you get it, it doesn't matter, is that we don't have the linguistic skills in which to communicate it. So when we don't have the linguistic skills, what I'm talking about is I'm not talking about cussing somebody out, I'm not talking about screaming at somebody, I'm talking about simple words that have to do, which is where my coaching background and studying comes in, has to do with just simple words that we can use to support us to be able to speak up in a fashion, and here's important, that moves people to action unbeknownst to them. What? Give me an example of what might yeah. that look like. So I'm in, I'm in a workplace, I'm a, a supervisor, let's say, and I'm noticing a red flag with one of my employees or something, and I, I know that I need to have a courageous conversation. I need to... Mm-hmm do something, but maybe I'm a fairly new leader or maybe I've just not been, I'm uncomfortable with these situations. What type of linguistic skills, give me an example of what it might look like to to even begin a conversation that moves people, as you put it, to action. Right. So I just want to clarify that again, that these words, and you can actually go on LinkedIn and I have an article called The Language of Courage that can use. These words have been validated. I want to make a distinction here. This is not Sandra's research. This is from my coaching training years, many years ago of international linguistic gurus. Okay. So in your example that you gave, I could say, Tiana, I have a request. Could we get together on Friday afternoon at two o'clock to go over this circumstance that seems to be troubling me? And I would really appreciate having your input. If Friday at two, because if we do that, perhaps we could overcome this stumbling block so that it doesn't get deeper. So that as we fall into a pothole in the yellow brick road, we don't go deeper and deeper into it. So the critical word there is request. Mm. The way you use a request is I request X. And then it's always good to have two to three bullets that confirm why you want to accept this, why you're going to say yes. Yes, Sandra, I can meet with you Friday at two o'clock. And what people tell me is I say, just try it on the phone, write it in an email, go down the hallway and talk to the person. You will be surprised. It's like their ears perk up. It's like, oh, uh, what? okay, I need to listen to this. And just practice it. I've had people say, I even go home and try it with my children. It works. The word request. So I request X and then offer to supply two to three bullets that confirm why you want to do this. For example, Tiana, may I borrow your laptop because my battery has gone dead and IT is not going to be able to get me a new one. I promise I will have it back to you by Monday at 9 o'clock and I will take good care of it. 
And so it's something like that where you're mm-hmm. providing the solution for them. Got it. So it alleviates, I guess, also the possibility of, of them saying no to the request as well. And it seems to, to foster a very respectful dialogue with yes. the individual and a very trusting. Bingo. There's something that I often have shared with individuals that I've taught, Sandra, when we're in a classroom setting and, and we're talking about, because this, again, to me speaks communication. It's how we communicate. It's using a certain tact and diplomacy with the way that we communicate. And oftentimes, as individuals, we are, you know, we hear someone's problem, we go right into solution mode and we want to offer advice. I always caution against that, especially if it's unsolicited, but I always tell people, here's what you can do. Can I give you a suggestion? Can I make a recommendation? When you ask permission, again, it's a respectful tactic that where they do have the option of saying yes or no, but it's for me, it's a way to ask permission. Well, you know, can I share something with you? Can I offer you a recommendation? Can I give you, as opposed to just forcing it upon them, you're giving them an option and they feel very empowered and in control. Well, you just said the second, if you said, Sandra, can you give me another example? You just said it beautifully, uh, and the, the one I would pluck out that was a, a bullseye was offer. What is it I can offer you? Offer is another one of those linguistic skills. Now, in order for an offer to be bona fide, it needs to be accepted. Okay, so uh, yes, I would love to. I'd love to have that chance to to talk with you. If you said let's jump, let's jump off a bridge at five o'clock. Well, I'm going to say into the traffic. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say no. So an offer must be accepted. It's a powerful word. Is there anything else I can offer you? Like you said, it's respectful and it allows an opportunity for a person to feel comfortable to speak up. And also, like you said, yes, asking a lot of you questions instead of going into how I'm going to fix them or tell my story, you know, but ask a lot of you questions. So those are are two words. Is there a... You know, because again, we talk about there's people that don't typically, they're in what you say, denial is saying no to courage again, because in the workplace, maybe we, again, it's not a virtue that we often say immediately. So it's down, it's low on the totem pole. We don't necessarily talk about it just in general, in real life. And even in the workplace, I imagine it's really far down the, the totem pole. But what can we do if the, as a leader, as, as a supervisor, even an employee in, an, in a work environment, how can we develop the courage to be vulnerable in those situations to allow ourselves to even be open to having that conversation or to be mm-hmm. the recipient of the conversation? And what holds us back from maybe doing that? Well, of course, my image is really important, you know, and the concern that you're going to think I'm stupid or I don't, I don't package things in a correct way. But once again, I go back to the language of courage and I will just say, Tiana, I need to confess to you. I need to confess that I feel inadequate about this particular uh, segment in our project that's coming. I have a request. Is there a way that I can get some training on that or some validation? Because I want to be a full team player. So confessing is a cousin to courage. There are 12 cousins to courage. Sometimes I'll say to people, another cousin to courage is candor. How do you feel about candor? Of course, people always say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good with candor. Right. Right. And once again, they really don't want to hear the truth. They prefer to turn a blind eye. 
and not really hear it. But once again, it's in the packaging. And why maybe we're pressing on this particular issue is that what I found is that most people, whatever their level is, just don't have the confidence in being able to communicate. And then, you know, looking at what is the chatter going on in my head about my image or about how I'm going to be perceived. You know, sometimes I'll say in meetings with potential clients, I I feel uncomfortable asking this question, but I feel it's really important. In other words, I show my vulnerability through my communication. Of course, tone makes a big difference. And so what happens is I can see that people kind of sit up and their ears kind of perk up and they go, wow, this is really a big deal for her. I need to listen to this. So the vulnerability, the courage to be vulnerable, that which is one of the 12 behaviors of courage that my research revealed, really is important. Now, if you can share the 12 cousins, or if there's a place where we can point our audience to, that would be great. Because again, I know we have a, you know, a short amount of time, but if this sure. is something that you can share now, please share, or if you can point them in the right direction. Because I think this is, again a really big, important piece to this conversation. Yes. You know, the best thing that I would say, and I know that we're all caught up in, in being busy, which is <laughs> my yoga teacher said, you know, our new mantra is, I'm so busy. But if they go on LinkedIn, Sandra Walston, W-A-L-S-T-O-N, I have articles that are about the, the 12 cousins to courage, such as candor, confessing, and contentment. And then the 12 behaviors of courage, those are on my website, SandraWalston.com. And scroll through either my blogging on my website for articles that might be interesting or, or go on LinkedIn and scroll through those. So for example, the language of courage for sure is, is on LinkedIn. I'm sure it's on my blog website too, SandraWalston.com. Excellent. And that, that'll be great, which I will remind our audience as well when we wrap up, because I think that's excellent. Now, I, I have to tell you, I loved, I'm going to just circle back when you said, I need to confess. And I love the way that you position that because we talked about what happens when we are unable, when we're not as vulnerable to, let's say, having a courageous conversation with someone. But I like that you said, we may need to say, well, you know, I need to confess. And Mm -hmm. it's a way to be, again, like you said, vulnerable. And that's not easy for people, especially like you said, I'm going to feel inadequate. I I may think that you think that I'm not capable or I don't have what it takes if I confess something to you. if I'm I'm going to look weak. Exactly. I'm going to look weak in your eyes. And somehow that's going to affect my role and how you see me and any promotions I get in the future or whatever that might be. Or even, here's the thing, from an employee to a manager, We might say this could be the case. Hey, I may look weak in your eyes, so on and so forth. But if it's the reverse, the same is true as well. If I'm a leader and I say, you know, I must confess something to you. Wow. I mean, that really is a bold step. But let me tell you, I am of the firm belief that that level of transparency fosters respect. When people see you as human, when people see, wow, they're faulted, maybe they have some insecurities, they have some things that they're not all certain about either. It gives us like a sigh of relief from a manager to an employee or a leader to an employee to say, wow, okay, wow, they're, they're human too. <laughs> they're, they're not perfect. They're flawed. They have you know certain things or they want to be very honest and open with me. I think it works both ways. Do you agree? 
Oh, absolutely. And so that's why, I mean, just look at these simple tools. You know, we tend to make courage into something that's complex, convoluted, or a spreadsheet that's like, whoa, this is over my head. And then we confuse the word courage. We, you know, we confuse it with the sensational, the amazing, the tragic, the scandalous, or glamorizing the superficial. And it's really very, very simple. It's our walk in our life. It's what we go home after work and talk about. Gosh, do you know what my manager just said to me? They just complimented me. Or, or do you go home feeling discouraged? But when you have those tools like, I need to confess to you, uh, or may I have a little candor here? Once again, when you say candor here, you need to have the linguistic tools such as we covered, request, and offers in which to be able to support you to be able to do that. Because otherwise, most of us feel like we're going to be blah, 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 you know, and it's yes. not going to come out in a way that's going to represent us. So therefore, we swallow our voice. You and when just- we swallow our voice, we sell our soul. And that's the basis of courage. And the other issue I just want to point out about the word courage and why you need to start saying the word and build that courageous leadership by showing vulnerability using the word confessing is that we tend to only be able to say bold, assertive, gutsy, brazen, you know, those kinds of foolish, foolhardy. Courage is not about that in our walk of life. I just talked to a lady the other day. She goes, you know, I knew I had courage, but I didn't know that it would start showing up with a situation this had to do with with her boss Mm -hmm. because my courage then showed up. So I could tell she got it. She got that she had built finally a reservoir of courage that she could draw from. And you, you mentioned, you know, what are the 12 behaviors of courage that I extracted from my years of research? I'll give you just a few examples, if I may. One of those would be the courage to take a risk, the courage to speak up, the courage to stand in my convictions and values and be willing to be fired or let go, but I'm not going to swallow, sell my soul. So those are just a few of them to be able to distinguish which element of courage I need to be able to draw from. And And they're all equal in value. And speaking up is certainly something that we've seen and heard a lot of as of late in terms of different things happening in the workplace, whether it's a situation, an unethical situation. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about the hashtag Me Too movement, the, the biases that have um, come up in different work environments and, and having, again, an open dialogue about those differences that we experience, those implicit biases that, that we may have or those, you know, things that have come. So the, the speaking up part, I believe, again, um, we've seen as of late in terms of that part of, of courage and facing up to problem, facing up to people problems and situations and all of these things is a part of taking this courageous leadership, but it's not easy for, for everyone. And again, our hope today here, even in this short period of time, is to, to help and inspire you, but to give you some information from your research, Sandra, that you've used and you've, you've garnered to help people have more, again, courage in their day life, the heart and the spirit. Again, I'm using that word in the heart and spirit to define it differently for myself. You know, when you said something earlier, you said discourage. And it was funny because I only in that moment did I really think discourage. Oh, wow. Courage is in that word. Yes. <laughs> discourage like, or encourage. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. I never really looked at courage in the word discourage. <laughs> I was right. Like, wow. Okay. So that in and of itself kind of gave me a a different outlook 
on that word. But if you have to, again, the message that you would want to come across, and again, I've been enlightened. I love doing these shows, Sandra, because again, I'm always learning something. I'm a life learner. I'm a student learner. And I believe that I'm, that that's how you continue to evolve and grow. So if there is a message that you want our audience to really walk away with, and I know you said at the beginning of the show, but if there's something that you really think that's hindering people today to have those type of conversations, to be really ethical, strong, effective, courageous leaders out there, what advice would you want to give them today? Well, first of all, just to keep it simple is just start saying the word. Start distinguishing the word that it means the original definition of heart and spirit, not what our culture puts out there are most Google definitions. I was going to say dictionary, but Google definitions of facing something that's very fearful. It's not about fear. Fear is a creation of the ego. So saying the word and usually with women, if I say, wow, I really admired your courage that you did that, women will discount it and say, oh, no, I, I didn't do that. Only 11% of women perceive themselves as courageous. Wow. 89%. Yeah, that's a big number to transform. And talk about hashtags. The hashtag I've been trying to get out there is hashtag chorus of courage. Because if we talk about women, there's nothing in my opinion, Tiana, nothing. And I mean nothing like the power of the collective feminine energy of courage. If we all came together, we would be at parity tomorrow. Not when I started this 24 years ago at 75 cents and today we're at 78. We would leap into equal parity if we had a collective voice of feminine courage. So the first thing to do is just start saying the word. And then if you're really willing to commit, because this is about courageous will, and I will tell you right now out of my research, here goes confessing, here goes the candor. Most people just want a courage pill. So I always carry my courage pills with me when I'm out speaking. And because I realized that they want a courage pill, I wrote an article that's on LinkedIn called, <laughs> Give Me the Damn Pill. <laughs> <laughs> and people laugh because they know in their heart that's really the truth. That, you know, we have too much. I'm too busy. I can't do that. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too this. You know, and, and but it's your life. It's your life. You're on a journey to be true to your true self. And so that's really, you know, really important. So this is about your courageous will. Are you willing to commit to that? And you might say, well, gee, you know, um, when we talked about integrity and honesty, those are intangibles. All virtue, virtues are intangibles. So there's nothing that I can just go out and buy unless you want one of my courage pills. So just start saying the word and start identifying yourself and not discount your journey and know that we all fall into a pothole on the yellow brick road. It's just whether or not you have a reservoir of courage to draw from to pull you out. Wow. And to build up that reservoir starts with, you said, again, saying the word, realizing, I think it is, you put it earlier is knowing the, a different definition because it I think that's probably going to be the toughest part yes. for people because you learn something for so long one way that's how you see it that's how you know it that's how you look at it and to look at something a, an entirely different way is going to be a challenge for people but again that's part of the growth process and so if you want to have more courageous conversations be a courageous leader have a courageous boss you know you can also change your language and lead by example. And again, in our day and age, I think in our climate today, 
there's so many things that are going on that this topic, in my opinion, is so important. And I don't think it's something that we talk about enough in terms of courageous leadership or having even courageous conversations. So certainly as we wrap up our conversation with Sandra today, I want to say thank you again. We're not done because I know that people are listening, Sandra, and they're like, I need to find this woman. I need to reach out to her. (laughs) I need to connect with her because you laid out so many golden nuggets in this episode that I know for myself, I'm going to have to rewind it and go back a few times and get my notepad out and take some notes because you really just schooled us, I think, today on this topic in a good way. So if they want to get a hold of you, you mentioned two things that they can do to reach you, Sandra. One is on your LinkedIn profile. One is on your website. Again, share with us your website. And then if they want to get a copy of any one of your three books, where can they do that? Well, thank you for those compliments and perceiving such value in um, my heartfelt work. Well, certainly LinkedIn, Sandra Walston, W-A-L-S-T-O-N. Only 1% of people get that last name right. Uh, Of course, I'm on Facebook Biz. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And then they can go on my website, SandraWalston.com, and see the blogs there. And then also sign up for my free monthly Courage newsletter. So, um, and then I have a little gift for your uh, listeners. You, we they love can gifts. also go, yeah, a gift um, that they can go on my website under speaking and they'll see a, a free e-booklet that they can also download that, that brings together what we've talked about and what we haven't talked about because with 20, over 22 years of research <laughs> and three books and hundreds of articles, there's a lot that, like you said, that we didn't have a chance to cover. Right. And I would, again, if uh, anything that's, uh, that you're being gifted with, take advantage of it. With two decades worth of experience working with top companies and top leaders at companies, these are very valuable items. And so when a guest offers something complimentary, take it, take advantage of that. Because I know you've worked with a lot of organizations and maybe this is something, again, this is a platform that's very collaborative, which is why I invite people on the show. I want you to promote and share because there may be somebody listening and say, wow, this is something we're actually experiencing in our organization today, in our, in our association, in our club, in our home, what have you. And I really could use what you're sharing. And so if that's you and you're listening again, please reach out to Sandra Waston on her website or LinkedIn. She has articles, she has blogs, get that free ebook right? Sign up, get the free ebook. If you want to stay in contact, get the newsletter that she sends out. Stay informed, stay in the know. I always like to end with this quote because I do believe it wholeheartedly that everyone wants to succeed, but not everyone is willing to do the work and you have to be willing to do the work. It may not be easy. It may not be comfortable. You may not want to do it at times. We don't always do the things that we want. We do what we need, especially if we want to get results. So that is my word of advice for all of you. Make sure to tune in again. Again, be be sure to share with your friends, with your coworkers. Like a Real Boss, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud. And again, we thank you for listening. If you are willing to do the work, we will help you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Like a Real Boss Podcast with Tiana Sanchez. We are your ambassador, helping you go from good to great to extraordinary. To learn more about awesome offers, training programs, books, and more, head over to www.nolimittoyoursuccess.com. Until next time.